This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode of the A-List podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag and Indeed.com. Welcome into another week of the A-List podcast. I'm Kwani Lunas, joined by Gary Washburn and Ashra Blakely. And it's an exciting podcast because we finally have the schedule for the 2022-2023 NBA schedule, specifically the Celtics schedule. All right, we're going to start with first reactions. What was the game that stood out to you the moment you saw the schedule released? I just want to get it going. Uh, and, and you get it going with the first game on, on deck, and it's got the, the Philadelphia Sixers uh, mm-hmm. coming to town. I'm looking forward to that game, looking forward to talking more about that uh, yeah. in this episode because, again, that's the game that's going to really set the tone. For and we have a special just... guest for that, too. Let <laughs> them know about the special guest. Let them know about the special guest. Let them, let them stick around for it. Someone that's very well-versed with the Sixers organization, though. <laughs> Gary, what was your reaction to the schedule? Well, it's 82 games. 41 home and 41 News flash. Breaking news. Breaking. They play the Lakers twice. They play, you know. No, I mean. I hate Gary. It's it's an interesting schedule. Like that crazy East Coast, Coast, West Coast trip where they start in Brooklyn and end in L.A., um, I think, or Phoenix or something like that. One of those, like it's L.A. or that's, you know, they got, and then they, in the whole second half of December at home, like seven straight road games, mm-hmm. and then they get on the road for New Year's Eat, New Year's Day, and start, so it's an interesting schedule, it's a challenging schedule, I mean, they don't, you know, obviously Philadelphia's going to be a tough opener, um, but, you know, they'll be, they'll be fine, then they go at Miami, at Orlando, back to back, Orlando's not to be slept on, because they're a good, hungry, kind of rising team, so they'll be tested, I mean, obviously, but this is what you asked for, and they got a lot of national TV games, TNT, NBA TV, ESPN, all that. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it should be a fascinating season. See, Gary already knows the schedule by heart. Shout out to him. <laughs> and as you mentioned, those, I'm sure people know at this point, but the opening night is on October 18th at the TD Garden. They're playing the Sixers. Another thing to note, obviously, this is going to be a season to remember when you talk about legacies, and we're going to be honoring Boston will be honoring Bill Russell those first two nights and the Bill Russell city edition Jersey will actually be worn 12 times during the season as well. So that's just something to look out forward to when you talk about the Celtics and the legacy of Bill Russell and what he's meant to that organization. Before we get into our guests, we have to, of course, give some love to our sponsors because they keep things going. They're our teammates here on the A-List podcast. 
Indeed is a hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. So instead of spending hours on multiple job sites trying to find the best candidates for your job, Indeed.com is the best method to do so. You can find great talent faster through their time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. 80% of employers get quality candidates and their resumes actually match the job descriptions of the jobs that they're looking for. So again, it's just the easiest way for you to hire for your small business. Indeed is also the only job site where you can only pay for applications that meet those must have requirements, which again, makes it a bit easier when it comes to finding the best candidate for the job. So you can actually start hiring now with that $75 sponsored job credit that we got for you. It's all you have to do is go to indeed.com slash A-list and you'll get that $75 credit off of your first job posting. All you have to do again is go to indeed.com slash A-list. Need to hire, you need Indeed. Well, to join us to talk about the first game of the season, the most exciting day for all NBA fans is Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer, a beat reporter there. Thanks for joining the A-List podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. So what was your reaction when you saw that the Sixers would be playing the Celtics on game one? Honestly, my first reaction was, okay, the Sixers say they got a good team. You know, they have new people. So, <laughs> so now it's kind of like... Okay, let's see how good you are. I mean, I look at that game as a, a huge barometer game for the Sixers. You know, in, in Philadelphia, the, the, the teams in Philly, the, the Sixers hate the Celtics and the Eagles hate the Cowboys. I don't know if it's 100% the same way, but a lot of people in Philadelphia are, are hyped up about this game because they believe it's going to be a hostile environment and it's going to be a true test. And when you look at it, you have, P.J. Tucker, a, a new addition. You have Daniel House. You have, um, um, uh, you know, a, a couple other guys, uh, Melton and all those guys. You got a lot of new additions. So is they're going to find out just how good they are off the bat. The crowd is going to, like, boo Joel Embiid. It's going to get crazy. And and I think that this is a great test for, this, for the Sixers. I like the fact that um... – Philadelphia, I don't know if they got significantly better in terms of talent, but they damn sure upgraded in terms of toughness. Um, they were kind of on that soft Charmin side of things last season. Um, and Joel, I give Joel a lot of credit. I mean, I didn't think he could be as durable as he was and be as impactful for as many games as he was last year. And he definitely was a, a legitimate top two, top three MVP candidate. He was my MVP, uh, to be honest, last year because of what he was able to do and how he carried that team. But as much as we talk about what the Sixers have added, I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in Keith and what they don't have, and that is the Ben Simmons baggage. Uh, now that they've been able to get that out of the way, how much do you think it's going to help this team to not have that dark cloud hanging over the organization going into this season? I mean, I, I think it's going to help them from a, um, a mental standpoint, right, where, where they're starting off. But I also think that, you know, it, a lot of it has to do with – with James Harden, you know, because the thing is, you know, the Sixers, when we talk about the Ben Simmons and, and they're moving on from him, it's like they kept saying, you know, we're going to move on to him and we're going to get a great piece. Well, if James Harden plays like the James Harden did towards the end of the season, then you're going to be a lot of people saying, man, well, 
Maybe we, we gave up on Ben too soon. I mean, you know how people in Philly are. That's just how they, they're going to approach it. So, you know, right now it's great mentally, but I think if James Harden doesn't get off and play at a high level um, and represent L.A. like a lot of L.A. ballers supposed to be the best ones, if he doesn't do that, I kind of I tend to think that um, a lot of people in Philly are going to be extremely upset. I mean, I think it's just an opening game. I mean, I hate to downplay. Okay, it, Coach it's, Washburn. It's okay, Coach one, Washburn. It's the first one of 82. Like, let's not get over excited. Like, do we remember what the Celtics did or the Sixers did in their first game last year? Yeah, I do. They 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 blew out the um the New Orleans Pelicans and then they got smacked when they went home to Philly to the Brooklyn. See, Gary, I understand what you're saying. It is one of 82. And you can't like you you can't look at it and say, you know what, you got to fire Doc Rivers or Eme. Oh, it was a fluke. What happened? But the one thing is, it's like a new look team. I mean, you look yeah. at the ball, and, and like I will say, the Boston Celtics are a huge barometer for the Sixers. And here's why: because you have a guy like PJ Tucker. The reason why the people in Philly loved them so much is because, as Shirai said, the Sixers were soft. So P.J. Tucker, when he played, when he was for the Miami, he roughed them up. He took their heart. I mean, it was crazy. Like, I'm like, wow. Like, he should be arrested for the way he was be- treating them, right? So Evo goes, style. Both Evo them. style. So he goes to Boston. It doesn't work. You know what I mean? It just didn't work. And you look at the Boston Celtics, and the last time, I know it's one of 82, but the last time they played the Sixers, they destroyed the Sixers at the Wells Fargo Center. But everyone was saying, James Harden is tired. He's injured. He's this, he's that. Joel doesn't have any help. So I just think that for the Sixers, yes, it is one of 82. But this is a great barometer game for them just to see where they stack up against the elite teams in the league. Yeah, 82 games is 82 games, but the first one sets the momentum. So stop being a party pooper, Gary. I'm not being a party pooper. It's just, it's, it's, <laughs> the thing is, is that there's so much that every team has to establish. This is just like, it's cool to see everybody in the new players or new uniforms, TNT, the first opening, the Tuesday night, it's in Boston. It's going to be a hype crowd. It's going to be that huge moment of silence for Bill Russell or whatever pregame tributes. There's going to be that Navy dude singing the national anthem, that black Navy brother who can really blow or the, or, or, or the young lady that always sings, the sister that sings. Yep. One of those two, it's going to be a great atmosphere. I'm not putting that down at all. I just think the NBA has done a masterful job of, of putting this whole schedule release thing like the NFL did where everybody knows who they're playing. It's not like the NFL. The NFL sometimes, you know, you don't know who you're playing or that type of thing. It's just the dates. But I think that both the Sixers and the Celtics are going to be contending in the East. I think the Sixers are going to be a lot better. I'm a big guy. I've said this on previous podcasts. I think James Harden is due for a bounce back season. And I and I and I told and I, I don't think I told Keith, and I think he got the hell over on the Sixers. With that somehow homeboy homeboy discount he gave the Sixers, where he gonna make another thirty four million next year as a player option, even if he's trash, 
this year, which I just think is brilliant. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, let's not give James the, you know, Nobel, Nobel Peace Prize for giving money no back. Medal of, no Medal of Freedom for James. No Medal of, no no medal medal of Freedom. freedom. He's going to opt in next year, even if he's trash this year. So, I, but I do believe that Harden's, you haven't seen him like much. I don't know. Maybe he's been on Instagram, but it looks like he's kind of hiding out, not doing the whole public thing, getting his game together. And I think the Sixers, I like Tyrese Maxey. Um, you know, I think that they have some very good players. Joel and B, obviously, an off season where he's not rehabbing nothing, except I know he hurt his eye toward the end of the season, but he's healthy. So, and Doc, I mean, and I think maybe Keith, this is a proven year for Doc. I mean, this is a huge season for Doc Rivers. I mean, I just think, you know, I just think him and Maury, the, the confidence might not quite be there. The Sixers got to do something besides losing in the first or second round for probably Doc to stick around. Yeah, yeah, you're 100% right. I mean, you know, you look at Doc Rivers and, you know, in Boston, you know, he was a legend. Um, we all like Doc. We all know Doc. But the thing is, once you start upgrading rosters right now and, you know, you got, you know, James taking less, like you said, he's still going to get 20 something more million dollars by opting out. I mean, with this contract. But the, but the thing is, I think that when you have this team and all the huge expectations, if they don't get out of the second round, um, I mean, and they've been struggling for a while. You know, Doc Rivers is probably going to be gone. Not probably, he is going to be gone. I mean, you look at Doc. I don't think Doc Doc hasn't been out of the second round since he was the Boston Celtics coach. You know, and, and he was a lot of phenomenal teams. And you know, we look at this team, and and Gary, I do think that you overhyping the Sixers a little bit. I mean, I think they are a good team, but that's the perception nationally, where a lot of people are looking at it. They're not saying like P.J. Tucker is thirty-seven. They're not saying that James Harden is coming off of arguably his worst career, worst career. I mean, season, right? Worst season in his career. So you know, yes, they're gonna have, they're gonna they they do sound great on paper, but with that comes the the expectations, and is they're not gonna say James struggled. They're not gonna say, oh, maybe Joel declined a little bit, or that PJ's thirty seven. They're gonna say, hey, Doc. We gave you all the tools, bruh. You couldn't get it done. I'm sorry. You're going to have to go somewhere else. And and, and that's what's going to happen. Talk Keep to him about that, Keith. Yeah. Keep he, oh, my bad. Go I, ahead. No, you got it, Kwani. Go, got it, Kwani. I was just going to rip Gary, but you go ahead. I was going to pivot the conversation a little bit because another storyline that obviously has infiltrated the NBA is the fact that Kevin Durant wants to trade. We don't know where he's going to end up landing. But from what you've gather, gathered, What's the Sixers organization looking like when it comes to interest in Kevin Durant? I mean, they're, they're, they're interested in Kate and uh, Katie. Um, you know, the, the thing is, it, it's one of those things where when you look at it, I, I think to be quite honest with you, everybody's looking to see what Boston is willing to give up for. Right. So then if Boston is, isn't willing to give up anything, then I think that, um, you know, the Sixers are interested, but, but I think that, that's when the Sixers could probably come in a little bit of play. Now, of course, everybody's being mum mumps and all these conversations weren't that good. We didn't want to pick up the phone, this and that. But the problem that the 76ers have, they already owe Brooklyn two draft picks. They don't have any other draft picks, right? So 
the, the, the best assets that they can give is a Matisse Thibel, right? Um, uh, um, uh, a Tobias Harris and a Tyrese Maxey. And when you look at that and you consider what the Utah Jazz can give, what the Celtics can give, some other teams, we're not looking at like all-star caliber players. And the thing about it is, you know, Tobias, you can say what you want about him, but he makes a lot of money. He has two years left on his contract. And then when you look at a guy like um, uh, uh, Matisse Thibel, you know, he's a two-time second-team all-defensive performer, but his shot hasn't been right there yet. And if he has a great year, they're going to have to pick up his option. So are they willing to do that or are they willing to let him walk? So you got to decide. And when you look at Tyrese Maxey, I like him a lot. But right now you have Ben Simmons and you have Kyrie Irving on that team. And I can't see him starting with Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving. So to me, it just seems like, you know, right about now, I feel like the 76ers would be the team that they go after if they can't get anything else that they really want, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, that that makes perfect sense. It it makes perfect sense. Uh, And it also makes perfect sense that prime time AI ain't walking through that door. Aaron McKee is not walking through that door. Eric Snow is not walking through that door. I'm talking, Gary, I'm talking about practice. Dr. J, Andrew Tony. This Sixers team is not... My, the point is, Gary, the Sixers will change. Is really as good. No, <laughs> Bobby Jones is not walking. That door. <laughs> what are you Gary, talking the about, this, Rod? The, the point is this, Gary. That team is not nearly as good as you think they are. And Keith was real nice in how he described it. They're not that good. They're <laughs> not that good. And, and Keith, you're spot on about Doc. I don't. If they don't get to the conference finals, I think he's gone. Because even if he gets to the second round, it's just like. What we this is the best we can do? That team has to get to at least the conference finals, I think, for Dr. Stone. But my question to you, Keith, is this. I got an idea of how good I think they're gonna be. What do you see them fitting in the pecking order in the East when all is said and done? Because they've got a, their roster, it is what it is, and they do have possibilities of tweaking it somewhat, but I, I don't think they're very good, to be honest with you. I don't think they're a no. top three top, maybe top four, four for fifth at best. But I'm curious, what are your thoughts on where the Sixers are in the pecking order in the East? You got me feeling, but so I do think that they could, they could end down. See, here's the thing. It's, it's all depends on Jack, James Harden. Don't you, don't you pull a Deion Sanders and start no, backpedaling me now. No, no, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It all depends on what James Harden does. Mm-hmm. If James Harden comes out and is playing more of that facilitator role, that he was and he couldn't get by people, oh, they're going to struggle. But I think that the, the thing is, if James Harden can go back somewhat to who he was before, then I think they can battle for that third or fourth, fourth seed in the East. And here's the reason being, because when you look at the East, you look at um, uh, Brooklyn, nobody knows what Brooklyn's going to do, right? The problem with the teams in the East to me is, as good as some people, Gary thinks the Sixers are, and, I, and I'm a little skeptical, but I think that on the East, you have the Boston Celtics and you have the Milwaukee Bucks. You can put it in any order. Like a lot of teams right now, like teams made moves. They made moves that make them better. They made them better. 
right? So whereas the Sixers got a P.J. Tucker, and before I said Melton, it was DeAnthony Melton. They picked up DeAnthony Melton. They picked up Daniel House. But the rest of the guys on that bench are still there. You know what I mean? They're, they're trying to make some moves. They're trying to get rid of – they were trying to get rid of Tobias and Matisse, right? Trying to bring in some more Houston Rocket former players, right? So right. the problem is, yes, they got tougher, but did they get better? You know what I mean? But when I look at a team like Toronto, I mean, I know they had a nice run at the end, but they still got to show me some things. Atlanta has to show me some things. Um you know, Brooklyn, if all those guys stay, if KD stays, they're going to be a dominant team. So when I look at the Sixers, I have them in that three, four times a threshold. But I think that at the end of the day, the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks are that much better, so much better than everybody else in the East, in, in, in my opinion. Well, before we move on, because on this show, you may know we like to play games. We're talking about the schedule. There are a lot of things you can bet on, and betonline.ag is the fastest way and easiest way, really, to a wager on all your favorite sport contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines so you can find reviews and news on every league, including, of course, the NBA. You could put some money down on that game one and see if we're right, if Keith's right, who's going to win, we don't know, but... Put your money down and find out. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. All you have to do is head to BetOnline today. You can use your mobile device, laptop, whatever internet source you have, and use the code CLNS50 for that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that code is CLNS50, and you can log in, betonline.ag, and use that code to get a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline are where the games start. And now we have to play our games, of course. So, Keith, we talked to you about the the Sixers, but we also want to hear your thoughts on where you think the Celtics will end up this season. You kind of alluded to it, but if you would like to elaborate. They're going to end up in the trash can. (laughs) (laughs) Such a hater. I think I think I think if the Celtics don't make that trade, I think they're going to be really good. Like, I honestly do. I, I think that because when you look at, you know, I, I think the Celtics are, are going to probably come out number one in the East. I do me my opinion, because I think that last year, the problem was early on. They had they didn't know their roles. Right. So. You know what I mean? I looked at it. Every It looked like an AAU team. Everybody was trying to go one-on-one, do their thing. And then towards the end, like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were playing well together. You know what I mean? You, you had an injured squad, right? You had an injured squad in the playoffs. And then I think that now everyone has that experience. They're getting older. I like the additions that they have. And I'm, we're talking about a young team. I mean, I know Milwaukee is good. But the Celtics are younger than Milwaukee. They're young. They're a young squad. I think that the Celtics are going to go to the finals. I mean, I don't know if they'll come out and win it, but I I, I have them penciled in as 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 the finalists. I mean, Ime Odoka, you know, when you look at it, it's funny. He never really got a lot of credit, right? He was like the brother on the Spurs team, on the squad. Everywhere he left, they became scrubs. Like, they just struggled, right? So he... And he goes to the 76ers. You know what I mean? He didn't get credit. Then he goes to Brooklyn. 
And then after he leaves Brooklyn, they basically fall apart. You know what I mean? Stroke. I think that this guy is a very underrated coach. Not only that, he got these guys to buy in and play together. And I honestly believe, I understand that it's all about the big names, but I believe if y'all, if they go out there and they get Kevin Durant, they're going to take a step backwards. That's just because I feel like right now, this is Jason Tatum's team and everybody else falls in line and fits in well. And I think that if the Boston Celtics make that trade, they're going to take a step backward. And right now, I think they're the best team in the East. Keith, you're not, Keith, Keith is not alone in thinking that because our, our good friends at betonline.ag, they actually did some, some demographic research where they looked at just you know some of the social media tweets about Kevin Durant and, and positive and negative. And no surprise, in Massachusetts, most of the social media tweets are mostly negative about Kevin Durant coming to Boston, which, again, when you talk about a future Hall of Famer who can still condemn in his sleep, get you 25-6-6, six, and six, for you not wanting him to be on your team, I think it says more about just what Keith's talking about, the potential domino effect that having a Kevin Durant can have on your roster, more than it says anything about how they feel about Jalen Brown. Because as we all know, it's been a love-hate relationship with Jalen no matter what he's done, when he's been balling out, eh, he's all right. And when he hasn't been balling out, he's the worst thing that ever laced up. Uh, it's just been that way for him, even though when you look at his body of work, clearly the, the dude can ball out. But Kevin Durant, people, there's not much love for Kevin KD around these parts. But let's be real. If KD were to get traded hypothetically to Boston and had a phenomenal season here, people would switch up the language really quickly. I feel as though not just Celtics fans, fans in general, they love to hate the opposing villains, but then when they're on their team and they realize that they're productive, that's when the tables turn. But obviously we won't know if KD is up here. I don't know why people hate KD so much. Well, well I, I think... Go ahead, Keith, you got it. Here, here's my thing with that. I mean, don't get me wrong. KD is one of the best players, right? But we're talking about who's going to be the man? And then who are you giving up? Like, the thing that separates the Celtics from most teams is the depth. The Celtics are deep. And they all, like, they all have, like, key roles. And, like, I just think, like, you know, Brooklyn wants to, they want, they're not just trying to do a trade them for one player and a bench dude and some this and that. They want to, like, make their team better. And I think that, yes, he is a Hall of Famer an MVP, a two-times finals MVP, but at what cost are you going to get this guy? And then you may probably make Jason feel like, hey, I was the man last year. How come y'all ain't running plays for me now? How come is he gets the ball? The NBA, the players are a little different nowadays. I think the record should show, though, that Kevin Durant and Jason Tatum have worked out together this summer. So I'm not sure if they've had conversations about hypotheticals, but I would imagine if they're working out together that there's some kind of communication as to potential leadership opportunities on the Celtics team. Again, this is all speculation, but right. they're okay with being publicly recorded working out. So I feel as though that's something that they figure out. Yeah, but he He's also get a grip with uh, James Harden too, though. <laughs> right, and 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 last year, remember, he was working out with your boy Joel and B too. So. <laughs> Yeah, I just think they. I just. I just think they want to get the Graham something to talk about. Uh, of course, they're. I mean, 
They understand their brand. On Twitter every day. KD has made himself so unlikable because he just doesn't seem happy. Like he got out of Oklahoma because of Westbrook. He goes to Golden State, good situation for him. Then, you know, we talked about this last week. When he go, he gets into it with Draymond. Then he becomes miserable, and he'll never be the guy there because it's a Steph. It's Steph's team. He's the Steph's the greatest warrior of all time. So you'll never be that dude. So he goes to Brooklyn. He got Sean Marks doing everything he possibly can to get that team, even signing DeAndre Jordan to a four-year, $40 million contract. And everybody knew DeAndre was on was like on fumes. And then now you got a problem. You want him fired? Like, I just think people are tired of the, 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 the perception that KD is this crabby and unhappy. He's a brilliant player. We all seen him. He's all he can put up points like no one can. Seven foot shooting guard, all that. It's great. But what happens when he doesn't like Boston? Like, is he going to be happy in Boston? Like, remember, like he signed with New York Sight Unseen because his boy Kyrie. Me and Kyrie are, are partners. Oh, me and Kyrie, we gonna go. My man. dude, my dude. <laughs> I want out. Like, what's what what's what's up with your friendship with Kyrie? Now he's hanging with James Harden again. Remember the All-Star draft? KD was like, who? I ain't draft. I'll draft Rudy Gobert. I'm drafting anybody else besides James Harden. Now they hanging in Paris or they were in London and like now they're chill. Like, like he said, these dudes weird, man. Like their relationships and how some of the, the stuff that they do is just baffling. The dudes they hang with, the dudes they beef with, then they make up and they good again. Oh, no, no, I I take that back. I want to play with them again. Like, I remember an episode of the Cosby show where... Oh, Lord. Where, uh, where, Rudy, where, where Rudy and got into it with her friend, or it was like Rudy Olivia got... And they were like, and the little girls, take me home. And then, and then after like uh, 30 minutes later... Oh, this is my best friend. Oh, I want to st- don't take. So Mr. Huxville got you know dressed and to take her home, and she's like, "Oh no, we've made up. I'm good. We're best friends again." Hey, and I'm like, "That's exactly how the NBA is. Like hey. you beef in one minute. We're actually gonna talk about that a little later too. It you was the next. Like you 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 working out together one minute, you beef in the next. You dating the same girl. Like I just it, it's too much. It's too damn much." <laughs> Draymond gets married. Jason Tatum goes like Jay. Like I get it. Like now you good with Draymond like that? That dude dissed your whole organization. Jalen Brown, but look, yeah, disrespecting Jalen Brown. There's Jay at the wedding doing this. It's like it's hard. And and then I think Jason's father was at the wedding. He was. He was. Yes, my man. And LeBron James, you just you, we have a whole segment coming up about. I mean, I'm just we'll right. These dudes is, is is funny style. I just don't understand. Maybe Look. it's age kicking in. This oh. new age NBA, it's just who is beat. I don't know who who is friends anymore or who beefs anymore. And then it changes after 25 minutes. Like you know, these dudes, we you know, it was like that time. Sure, we went to the Drake concert. Meek Mill steps on stage. Oh yeah, like, was- oh, they, oh, they, we good. I wish I went to what? that in Boston. Yeah, how does that go? Like, so I, I just that's think- the one where Terry Rozier missed that shot. Exactly. Yeah, Terry yeah, Rozier went on stage. So my whole thing is, like, 
it would be interesting for them to get Kevin Durant. I would not give up Jalen personally. I think Jalen's on a mission or whatever. And, you know, Jalen, Jalen is, I think he's wants to prove that he's, he can be an all-star too. I don't think you give up a dude who's entering his prime like that. And then you give up Marcus. Cause like he said, the Nets ain't asking for, the Nets ain't taking Derek White off your hands. They, they watch the finals. Okay. <laughs> oh, stop hating on Derek White. Oh, That's my dude. Come on. Damn. The, Nets, the Nets ain't stupid. Like, yeah. oh, you want you want to give us Derek White, huh? Twenty eight percent from three, huh? Okay, well, bring him I've on. I've said this before. <laughs> we're we're signed for that trade. If like, the trade always say to my boy D White. If the trade happens, it's a win for Jalen because he gets his own team and he's not the second man. But to close out the KD conversation, I'm just waiting for the memoir because maybe Gary's questions will be answers as to why KD is friends with people at one day and not friends with the other. Mm-hmm. Keith, we have another question for you. Okay. <laughs> Philly will win if they do what? Fill in the blank. How do we figure out who wins game one? <laughs> wow. If 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 uh if they feed the ball to Joel and Bead as much as possible. I mean, I think Joel has to have a great game. I also think that um I mean, you know, the, the obvious like James Harden has to find a little bit of the fountain of youth, but if you really want to be be, be, be. If you want to be real, I think the person in order, I know it's just one game in the season, but let's just say Tobias Harris really has to step up and have a good game for them to win. Now, again, it's one game of the season and, and I ain't going to, you know, like kill him if he's not because it's one. But I, I think that right about now, when you look at the 76ers, you know, Embiid is going to get his points. You know, James is going to have the ball. He's going to be the facilitator. But in order for them to beat teams, let's face it, Tobias is going to have to be that guy. He's going to have to be the man if he's still with the Sixers at that point. Because I, I, I feel like, you know, he's going to get right about now, you know, he's going to get some mismatches. And and, and he's no longer the, the second fiddle or, or the third. He's dropped down to number four. So I think it's going to be up to him to take advantage of all the opportunities he gets. Now, I do think it's going to be an uphill battle for the 76ers. Now, I know it's going to be um, Bill Russell night, so to speak. It's going to be the home, um, the season opener. And it's going to, and it's going to be a lot of pressure on the Celtics playing under that. But I, I still think that, I think it. I think they're gonna they're gonna beat the Sixers, and and it may not be as competitive as, as people think. Well, the other question was, what do you think Boston will need to do to win? I mean, I think Boston needs to. I, 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 you know what? The big thing to me with Boston is, and y'all know Boston more more way more than I do, but I, I think they need to play like is is like high school coach tell you. You know what I mean? You gotta you gotta feed the hot guy, whoever that person is. I mean, if it's Marcus Smart, if Marcus Smart is baking the Sixers, you can't see like Jalen Brown coming down launching threes. You know what I'm saying? It's like you gotta ride with them. I, I think that's the problem. That was the problem early on with the Celtics, where like it was a little bit of too much me, me, me ball as opposed to team ball. I mean, I, I also think that. You know, I like Al Horford. I know he's getting older, and I know, like, he wasn't a really good fit in Philadelphia. But Al Horford is one of the guys in the NBA who shuts down Embiid. 
shuts him down. And I think if Al Horford can continue to do that and play that way, and, and you keep him involved in the game that way, and, and, and you got all these other guys running at him, I, I think that they're going to win. I honestly do. But to me, they got to, like, you can't they, – they can't go selfish. They, they, Jason, Jason and Jalen can't say this is a national TV game and I'm trying to get early MVP count or early all-NBA award counts. I think they got to play as a team. And if they do that, I think they're going to blow the sixes out. Back to the basics. Keith Pompey, thank you so much. Do you, where can people find you on social? And well, obviously at the Philly Inquirer, but what's your yeah. handle? <laughs> I mean, you can, you can, you can find me on, on Twitter and on Instagram at Pompey on Sixers. Perfect. Thank you so much for your insight. We're, I know Gary is just another game to you, but I'm looking forward to this game now because of your insight. <laughs> can't wait. <laughs> can't stand Gary. I can't stand him. It's just another game. Hater. It's Thank one of the I mean, and then the second game is going to be the second of 82. Okay. Then we, the second week will be six of 82. Come on. Keith, you're free. To do. Leave right. the that Appreciate you, Keith. My we'll, dude. we'll see you game one. I <laughs> can't wait. <laughs> I'm marking down the day. It's so good to get some insight from around the league. And obviously when the season starts, we're going to start doing that again. But let's talk about this schedule a little bit more before we close out. There are a lot of highlights my personal favorite is that Eastern Conference final rematch against Miami, October 21st. That's the road trip. So they're going to have to figure, you know, at that point, they're going to figure out what their momentum looks like. What are some other games that stood out to you? They also play Milwaukee on Christmas Day. That's exciting. The seventh straight season playing on Christmas is another big deal for the Boston Celtics that they've gotten to a point where they are considered not only this national type team, but like that Christmas Day game, which is, I think, a, a tradition in a lot of NBA households. And of course, NBA Finals rematch against the Golden State Warriors on December 10th in San Fran. So I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to the season in general, but are there any other games that stood out to you, you two specifically? Well, for, for me, the Christmas Day game stands out just because, one, you know you're going to just be getting a, a huge audience to see you play. But it's against the team that I think at the end of the day, and Keith touched on this a little bit, the team you're probably going to have to go through in order to get back to the finals. Uh, Milwaukee is once again built to be a championship contender. Uh, that's a team that, you know, there's a lot of questions about whether you would have gotten past them last year if Chris Milton would have been healthy. Uh, he, the assumption is that this year you'll go into the playoffs and you and they will be working with a healthy Chris Milton. And so I, I think the Celtics, there's definitely a sense that they need to kind of, well, I wouldn't say validate, but certainly show that they're as good, if not better, than they were a year ago. And, you know, we haven't talked a lot about it, but the new additions that the Celtics have added to their roster, I'm curious to see what they're going to do in those big made-for-TV type moments. You know, Danilo Gallinari has played you know, for some pretty good teams, but you look at his, his, you know, his, his resume, he hasn't played for a team that, that people put in a top three, top four list as title contenders. So how is he going to deal with that? And, and Malcolm Brogdon, I'm not worried about Malcolm. I mean, that that's, that's like, you know, that that's El Presidente right there. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, just the way he carries himself. Oh, wow. He is, 
He, he is my one of my least uh, concerns on this team. I think he's going to be a good contributor. I think he's going to stay healthy because the role he'll be in it will be somewhat diminished from what he's been in the past. And I, I thought one of his, his best quotes, in it, you know, when he got introduced, was how he said it says a lot about the Celtics that they're willing to pay twenty million dollars for a guy to come off the bench. There aren't a lot of teams that are willing to do that, and the Celtics clearly are one of those teams. I got to rewind real quick because people that were watching, I started giggling when you said new addition because I know Gary- it's like Michael Bivens on the team now and Ralph Transvaal. This is just you a need home- a man with cool <laughs> A I interviewed Bobby Brown this week, so I'm going to... Yes. somebody interviewed Bobby Brown from New Edition this week. Yes, yeah, so in that? Boston, if you want to go watch that interview, I just wanted to put that out there because... That's Coin's prerogative. It's my prerogative. Thank you very Stop much. Stop it. Oh, that's terrible. It's funny, when I told my mom I interviewed Bobby Brown, that's what she said. She said, you mean my prerogative, mm-hmm. Bobby Brown? That's, that's how he's known. Roxbury's own, Is though. It- it's just part of Kwani's journey. Every little step she takes. Every little step I make. Move I make. <laughs> Gary. <laughs> Kwani, why are you laughing? That's you should be ashamed of yourself or laugh, laughing at that. I just love making myself laugh. I am a I comedian. Mean, why are you laughing at the Bobby Brown? <laughs> anyway, moving <laughs> on. Moving on. <laughs> Before we derail, what game yeah. games that stands out to you, even though it's just an 82-game season? It, there's a – what stands out to me yeah. is the East Coast Road, the both long road trips. Like, yeah. what I'm looking at here, okay, December 4th, okay, so they start a road trip at Brooklyn, at Toronto, then they go from Toronto to Phoenix – then Golden State, then the Clippers, then the Lakers. That's a treacherous trip. Yeah. Like, treacherous. The Nets, who knows who's the Nets going to have. Then yeah. Toronto, always a tough game in a back-to-back. Then, the protocol, the COVID protocol is still being... Yeah, so we'll see who makes that trip. We're going to figure out who's going to play. And, yes. you know, there might then not... Then Devin be Booker cool. and the boys in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Then the Warriors. Then the Clippers. And on back-to-back LeBron. Like, that's a treacherous trip. Then let's jump to later in the season at Atlanta, at Houston, at Minnesota, at Portland, at Utah, Sacramento. Like they go from Atlanta and finish in Sacramento. Like that's some, that's not a road trip usually designed for defending Eastern Conference champion. Like, Adam Silver that's, like a, that's a road trip for like Minnesota or, or Charlotte or something. Yeah. Like that's a treacherous trip. And then they don't play the Raptors at home until April 5th. Okay, so they play two of the last three against Toronto, a back-to-back against Toronto, and then they finish with Atlanta. I mean, it's just an interesting schedule. Like, a lot of tough teams. Obviously, a lot the East is tough. Everybody plays everybody. But just some of those road trips, very difficult, you know. So um, it'll be interesting to see. The New Year's Day game at Denver. So they got to fly on New Year's, you know, maybe the day after or December 30th or New Year's Eve and, and spend the New Year's Eve in Denver. And then yeah. they go for Oklahoma, the Dallas, the San Antonio that week. So it's just a lot of tricky games, you know. But then, the, you know, so I'm more focused on the road trips, um, more focused on just kind of like, hey, a nice little three-game or one, game two, Miami, Orlando, then Chicago, like three 
you know, two contending teams and a young, hungry Orlando on a back-to-back. So they're going to be tested. I mean, there's not a lot of easy, like, oh, they got this game. I mean, Cleveland is up and coming. We don't know what to make of Washington, you know, the Knicks. Like, you know, they got at New York, then at Memphis early November. So they, you know, they get, you know, they got to go to New York and then go face John the boys on a Monday night. You know, it's like, like they're very, it's a very tricky schedule, interesting schedule that I haven't seen much before um, in terms of those like start on the East and then end in the West road trips. Usually, um, you know, the, the Celtics usually are pretty consistent. They, they start West and they end West, but that is going to take a lot out of uh, some of the veteran guys to be going from Atlanta and all the way, just go Midwest, then go West and end in Sacramento or things like that. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to the season and how they navigate it. Maybe they make some additions before the season starts. We'll see, you know, uh, we got two, uh, two, two guys, uh, Noah Vonley and, and Sherrod's buddy, Bruno Caboclo, um, vying, vying for, uh, you know, who looks a lot like Sherrod's son. He looks like a big, a seven foot version of, of Isaiah Blake, Blakely. <laughs> He does. Look at his look at his face. Put a, Let me check that birth certificate. Yeah, we need to out where Sherrod was on that Sherrod got a Sherrod got a son in the league. That's all I know. Anyway, and that's what <laughs> I've always said they always looked alike. But uh so let's see what they do before the season. Let's see what happens in terms of the roster. But I think the schedule's challenging, you know, and and but you got to be up to the challenges. And I think the number one thing that we talked about that they've talked about is getting off to a better start. No 18 yeah. and 21. Like Tatum's mentioned it. I'm sure Emay's mentioned it, that the first 40 games, you know, 25 and 15 or 27, like they can't go 20 and 20. The road to banner 18 will not be easy, but Celtics know what they have to do to get there. So. We'll see what happens. Before we close out, we have to go around the NBA. Gary kind of spoiled our kicker, but we're still going to talk about it. Draymond Green got his fifth ring, and it was a wedding ring. <laughs> you like what I did there? But and his wedding was lit, from what I hear. Literally, there were rolled blunts, <laughs> blunt cigars. In a blunt bar. A blunt bar. It was like cigars with marijuana. <laughs> and What are we doing, a blunt bar? LeBron James was there. But, well, for the record, the NBA will be testing for marijuana this season. So from that perspective, they're safe. But LeBron James you know what do you do? Tatum was there. Tatum's dad was there. <clears throat> Steph Curry was there. <laughs> oh, Kevin Durant was not there. So what do we take? <laughs> what do we make of that? Is that a big deal? Is the internet overreacting? <laughs> I... The internet is always going to overreact to stuff I, like I that. I do it's, want to read that. Yeah. No, continue. <laughs> it's, it's not It's not that big a deal. Uh, it, it really isn't. I mean, there's a million and one reasons why Kevin Durant was not at the wedding, but let's be honest and keep it real. Considering where Kevin Durant is with everything that's NBA-related, if I'm Kevin Durant, if I were invited, I wouldn't want to go. I well, wouldn't, I'd send him, I'd send him a gift and say, bro, I just don't want to, I don't want to be a distraction to your big day. So I'm not going to show because, you know, That's you fair. know, if he's showing up at that wedding, people be like, yo, Katie, what's, what's up with you in Brooklyn? Where, where, where yeah. you want to go? And yeah. so Kevin Durant, I think, you know, I would hope that he, his thinking was that I don't want to be a distraction to this man's big day. 
So I'm just going to stay at the crib and I'm not going to partake in that blunt station because I got my own blunt station where I'm at. So I'm good. I don't, I don't need that. I don't need that. I'm good. I take it that KD is a homebody, but there was a tweet that you sent to me that KD requested a trade to another wedding, which was pretty hilarious. <laughs> but I, I hope that that's that would make sense. The fact that go on, Gary, eyes on what he does wherever maybe, he goes. Wherever maybe he works he's that right, way. Kevin. I don't know how. I, that's you know, I know they've had conversations and they've kind of reconciled, but maybe, I gotta believe he invited him, Gary. I gotta believe he invited. Him. You yeah. never know. You never know. You know, I don't know who was there besides some of the photos, who was on the guest list or whatever. And, and, and maybe Kevin's just like, hey, man, I ain't trying to get all dressed up and do all that. Like, maybe he just isn't into the NBA <laughs> fraternity kind of thing. I'm sorry. Uh, Never mind. What'd you say? I, was make I said he was, I don't want to make fun of Katie. I was going to say he wasn't trying to brush his hair, but keep going. Or put I thought you were going to say something about they, they should have had a lotion station. Maybe that's why he didn't want to go. Why does he, he keeps catching strays? He got he caught a stray on the on a, on Hard Knocks on Tuesday night. So we just need to leave Katie alone. Let that man be great and move on. Exactly. exactly. There we go. That's how we end the podcast. <laughs> Once again, we do have to show some love to CL. Though obviously, CLNS fifty is at code on BetOnline.ag. If you want to use Indeed.com for that seventy five dollar discount for your job posting, all you have to do is go to Indeed dot com slash a list for a shroud blakely and gary washburn this is the a list podcast i'm excited for the season we'll be back next week who are you one of 82 one of 82 who are you i'm who am i you said for a shroud blakely and gary washburn oh well i'm Kwani a lunas thank you all for listening (laughs) 